It is time for us to begin our midday program here on KRVN as we get to preview some of the things that we're going to be talking about over the next couple hours. We call it the Roundtable. Scott Foster here with you, along with Jason Jorgensen, Bob Brogan, and Susan Littlefield as we uh, go through a relatively cloudy Wednesday, but uh, things are going to get better weather-wise for sure. Let's start with Susan. Well, thanks, Scott, on this rainy Wednesday. Here's what's coming up on the midday from the farm team. We'll kick it all off at 1219 as Rebel talks about the excitement of Nebraska land days with their executive director. They successfully have rescheduled Buffalo Bill Rodeo that is typically held in June. Then Shaley will step in at 1245 with Dan Hellstrom. He's USMEF's executive director and talks about the latest report and future export issues that they might be dealing with. And then Alex wraps everything up at 117 as a UNL grad launches effort to support rural mental health. It's going to be another busy day from the farm team over the midday. All right, lots of good stuff there, Susan. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, we turn it over to Jason Jorgensen now, and it looks like Native Son found a new home. Yeah, Noah Vetterill, he is now a member of the Rutgers football program. He put that on Twitter today. Hmm. Best of luck for him. Interesting yeah. choice. Uh, Rutgers has five other quarterbacks on their roster right now, but if you start to look at this, Teams don't bring in a grad transfer unless they don't expect that guy to come in and right. play or compete for the job. Right. So new Rutgers coach Greg Schiano apparently has seen something in Noah Vedral that he likes, even though that will be a crowded quarterback room. Mm. Six quarterbacks. Also, Nebraska plays Rutgers the next two years. That could, uh, That's not possibly come back to haunt us. <laughs> Can you imagine Big Red reaction? Oh, <laughs> what that would wow. sound like oh, if oh, Noah Bedrill were to lead the Scarlet Knights past the Huskers. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yikes, is for sure. <laughs> just, I don't think it'll come to that, but just throwing that out there. It's a long ways from Lincoln to Piscataway, so yes. uh, that's different. And, and let's just hope there's a game in the fall. Yeah, let's just do that. That's right. Also, speaking of that, we'll hear from head coach Scott Frost. You know, there's a there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen trying to come up with an idea on how this will work and when it will start and how many games there will be. We'll have his thoughts on that. And there will be a meeting at the end of the week to talk about what maybe they can cobble together, come up with some kind of an independent league so there will be some form, it won't be Legion baseball, but some form of baseball for the high schoolers this summer across nebraska well it'll be interesting to see there's a lot of people talking there thank you very much jason i appreciate it we'll turn it over to bob brogan stocks down today stocks falling and trading on wall street uh the market has been wavering a little bit uh, but there were some gains for technology stocks that were helping to keep the market's losses in check the market has been wavering the last couple weeks after coming off its best month in a generation as optimism about Reopening the economy collides with uh, worries about uh, what could happen if uh, things move too fast. So wholesale prices slid a record 1.3% in April, led by a 19% plunge in the cost of energy. And Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Warner says the threat of a prolonged recession remains, and he's uh, urging Congress and the White House to act to prevent further long-term economic damage. From that uh, virus. So, um, those are some of the stories we're watching. Okay, but that's all coming up on midday. Time for us to take a look at our weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. 11:44 here. Paul Perkins in with me. 
Well, we're kind of bummed to hear at the studio. We're not going to get the flyover that the Nebraska National Guard was going to do. Exactly. The cloud cover of the, uh, causing a casualty of the flyover by the Air Nebraska National Guard due to the low cloud ceilings across much of Nebraska today. That flyover salute is canceled for today. And right now, they hope to schedule a future event, but they haven't come out. And with any kind of a future date, unfortunately. Well, the the sun is, or the clouds are not cooperating for sure. That no. C-130 would have rattled the plates pretty good if you wanted to see it. It's going to have to be pretty low. Exactly, so. yeah. They would be probably flying in the clouds, and <laughs> it would have to be very low with this low cloud cover right just, now. Just hear a lot of noise is all we'd really do. So, but... Folks in Scotts Bluff, we've been saying all morning, that, yeah, they've got a little bit of the sun, it looks like. Yeah, it looks like Scotts Bluff down to Kimball, and that's about it. Right along that Nebraska-Wyoming border, still some uh, sunshine, but a lot of us still locked in the cloud cover. Eventually, that sunshine will be making its way to the east as we move through the day here. That sunshine increasing in the west and starting to move into the central later today with the passage of a warm front. While those clouds really stubbornly hold on in the eastern areas, our temperatures a lot closer to seasonal. A few showers or thunderstorms will roll out of western Nebraska late this evening. That main threat in our region likely to be after 11 o'clock for tonight. Now, some of these storms could go severe, especially if you're in extreme south-central and southeast Nebraska to the south of the interstate from about Holdridge and points off towards the south and the east. That's where there is a slight risk of severe storms. Now, in between systems for tomorrow, we will be mainly sunny with slightly above normal temperatures. Slow-moving low pressure will result in some off-and-on rain and thunderstorm chances tomorrow night into Saturday. Hardly going to be a rain out here. Total rainfall expected to be very light with less than a half inch for most areas. And once again, that period of tomorrow night into Saturday. Sunday, a transition day to dry weather and much warmer than normal temperatures for next week. Summer-like temperatures in the 80s to around 90 Expected as soon as Monday and Tuesday with some gusty south winds. Approaching low pressure late next week will bring some hope for some rain. In our long-term forecast, the warmer than normal temperatures are likely for Nebraska and Kansas for a prolonged period of time here. Monday through the Tuesday after Memorial Day, which is May 26th, the warmer temperatures, especially likely the early half of next week. The early half of next week, drier than normal for Nebraska and Kansas for rainfall, slightly above normal rainfall predicted late next week through the 26th. Solar temperatures for four inches down at seven this morning for all of Nebraska and the northern two-thirds of Kansas in the mid to upper 40s. Soil temperatures in the low 50s over the southern third of Kansas. Weather factors driving market trade include the forecast for warmer and drier weather for central U.S. crops and rain in the south-central areas of Brazil. In parts of the Midwest, producers continue to scout the effects of recent freezes on jointing to heading winter wheat and emerged corn and soybeans. Below freezing conditions appear to have ended for the season. The overly long period of cool weather across the central and eastern U.S. will soon be replaced by more typical temperatures. With the weather change, significant rain will develop from the central and eastern areas of Texas into the south and east Corn Belt. Periods of light to moderate heavy precipitation also going to stretch from the Pacific Northwest to the Northern Plains. The Midwest will see a notable warming trend within 10 days from now to develop the emerging crops. In the Northern Plains, below normal temperatures and periods of rain will continue for most of the 10-day period. That will delay their field work and planning, and some acreage loss due to preventive planning is likely in the Northern Plains. In most crop areas of Brazil, the next week offers varying amounts of rain, Moderate to locally heavy amounts forecast in south-central crop areas of Brazil with generally light amounts elsewhere. 
Crop moisture benefit will be limited. Sick and crop corn in need of additional moisture, and that rain pattern will be closely watched. But I tell you, it, it kind of sounds like we could use the rain right now because it's going to be kind of dry and windy and hot next week. Yes, exactly. It's going to yeah really dry things out with those winds and that heat, kind of like that uh, hair dryer kind of on yeah. the uh, crops. And, you know, a lot of areas haven't seen a whole lot of rain. And the next week here, the tail end of this week, not looking all that promising either. Okay. All right. Very good. Thank you again. If you were uh, planning on on looking up to see the flyover by the Nebraska National Guard, uh, the Air Guard, that's not going to happen. They've canceled it because of uh, low clouds. Exactly. And in a, new, a future date, uh, I'm sure of right now. Very good. Thank you. Appreciate it, Paul. Where do you go to check in on your weather? Weather tab, krvn.com. <laughs> The 2020 Census is the topic of the next Rural Radio Forum. Join us Tuesday, May 19th from 3 to 4 Central, 2 to 3 Mountain on 880 KRVN. Guests include Nebraska Governor Pete Ricketts, UNK Professor Dr. Peter Longo, a representative from the Center of Public Affairs and more. We'll learn about the importance of the census, the impacts on rural communities, notably on the agricultural sector, challenges faced by officials to ensure everyone is counted, and more. The 2020 Census on the next Rural Radio Forum. Many events have been forced to make accommodations throughout the summer, the state's official celebration being no exception. I'm Rebel Saklocha reporting. Nebraska Land Days officially announced on Tuesday in a statement that they have rescheduled the Buffalo Bill Rodeo that traditionally takes place in June for August 5th through the 8th. I'm joined by Nebraska Land Days Executive Director David Fudge. David, tell us about this announcement, what it means for the rodeo, and what the event will look like in this form. Well, I mean, obviously we knew, uh, we kind of suspected starting in about uh, April that our June date could be impacted by uh, restrictions, and so we began to look for alternatives in the event that that we were forced to make a postponement. Um, This weekend in August uh, took shape because generally there's a hole uh, there between uh, a number of different rodeos around the country. Um, We could get our... Uh, all of our key contract personnel back, including the Butler and Son Rodeo Company. Randy was uh, Randy Corley was available. Uh, one of our bullfighters was available. Our sound and, and video guys were available, and so uh, we we decided to put it down in that spot. Um, you, you know, and as far as what it'll look like, I don't know that anybody really knows right now. And I think that's just the the honest answer. The the most honest answer I can give is. Um, will it still go on? I, we hope so, but we don't know ultimately because um, there will obviously be people that uh, are making decisions about what, what kind of gatherings we can have at that point. And so uh, we'll wait for some guidance on that prior to putting any tickets on sale or trying to seat anybody uh, in advance of the rodeo. But uh, we felt like it was an important step to try and get the, get the event reorganized in some form or fashion uh, in, in August. And so we're, we're going to give it a shot and, and uh, see what happens. Nebraska Land Days certainly brings a considerable amount of business to the North Platte area. Talk about the economic impact of the event and how rescheduling it will impact local businesses. Well, obviously, in our normal time slot, with under normal circumstances, it has about a twenty-one and a half million dollar impact on our community, and and so. But not only that, it, there's a lot of smaller organizations that, that do some activities uh, throughout the course of that eleven days that generate a lot of revenue for them that they then then redistribute to worthy organizations in our community as well. So, uh, moving it 
uh, had a far-ranging impact not only on us but uh, on our business partners and, and on our uh, and some of those organizations that depend on fundraising opportunities that take place during that. So we're we're thrilled that there will be some impact. Uh, uh, hopefully, be some impact in August. We're trying to get some of those affiliate events rescheduled uh, around the rodeo so that those organizations can do some good as well. So um, you know, it'll it'll look and feel different. Um, but but hopefully there'll still be some um, uh, a, a movement of the needle, so to speak, uh, on the economic impact uh, scale. While the rodeo will be rescheduled this summer, the concerts will not. What's in store for the concert series? We're still working diligently with our, our booking agencies to make sure we get those acts moved into 2021. That's the intent right now is we'll just reschedule everybody and, and bring them back. We're continuing to work on 2021 at this point in hopes that everything will be kind of more or less back uh, as, as the way it was uh, before all this started. But uh, there's a lot of work to do between now and then, and we're ready to do it. So uh, look forward to seeing everybody uh, as soon as we can. Once again, I'm visiting with David Fudge, the Executive Director of Nebraska Land Days. From the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff, I'm Rebel Seclosia on the World Radio Network. It's time for Midday Sports. Here's Jason. Hey, thanks, Tyler. Well, Nebraska backup Noah Vedro committed to Rutgers today, becoming the third quarterback on the Scarlet Knights roster with Big Ten starting experience. Vedrill is a graduate transfer with two years of eligibility remaining. The native of Wahoo started a couple of conference games for the Huskers last year. He joins five other quarterbacks on that roster and our head coach, Greg Schiano, who's looking to turn that program around. Nebraska head coach Scott Frost and the rest of the country continues to play the waiting game on when they can start to get back to normal. Frost was a guest last night on Sports Nightly, and he expects this to be a complicated process. You know, there's so many people with a hand in how this is going to look and work. Uh, Every governor in the country, every university president in the country, every AD in the country are all going to have a say in whether their institution plays football or not. And so there's a a lot of people with hand in a cookie jar as far as making this decision. I think we need to be talking about how to get uh, student-athletes back to their campuses without risking uh, infection in the communities. At this point, the Big Ten has announced June 1st as a possible date to resume organized activities. Now, trying to find a start date for the season could be another issue. Three Mountain West schools, Fresno State, San Diego State, and San Jose State, will not offer on-campus classes in the fall semester. And in all, 23 California universities will only have online fall classes. The NCAA had said earlier this spring that sports likely wouldn't resume unless students were able to be on campus. The Nebraska Athletic Committee will be meeting this Friday in order to discuss options on how the Nebraska summer baseball season could proceed. There's talk of trying to put together an independent league for the summer. Last week, the national headquarters of the American Legion announced it would not be sponsoring any activities this summer due to the pandemic and over-insurance coverage issues. Nebraska Governor Pete Ricketts this week said games could begin in mid-June with restrictions for players and spectators. And Nebraska middle distance runner Brent Wojtovic was named Big Ten Men's Indoor Freshman of the Year this week. That's after a vote by the league's head coaches. Wojtovic, the native of Fullerton, won the Big Ten Indoor title in the 600 meters with a personal best time of 1 minute 16.81 seconds. That was the fourth best time in school history. He competed in the 600 meters three times this season and won all of them. And overall, he ran in nine races as a freshman for the Huskers and won eight of them. That's a guy with a bright future. 
That's sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. Due to low cloud ceilings forecast across much of Nebraska today, the Nebraska Air National Guard's plan to do a flyover salute to healthcare professionals and all Nebraskans responding to the COVID-19 pandemic today has been canceled. The National Guard says they hope to reschedule it in the future. Nebraska's primary voters mostly steered clear of polling sites yesterday while shattering the state record for absentee voting with nearly 400,000 mail-in ballots in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. Republican President Donald Trump and presumptive Democratic challenger Joe Biden sailed to easy victories in the election, the first in-person primary since a heavily criticized election in Wisconsin five weeks ago in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. So did Republican U.S. Senator Ben Sass, who faced a GOP primary challenge because of his previous criticism of Trump. Sass will face Democrat Chris Janicek, the winner of a nine-way primary. Nebraska State Patrol Captain John Bulldog says troopers continue to support the state's COVID-19 response while continuing to work on their normal caseloads. One area of concern since the spread of the coronavirus in the state is excessive speeding. Since the directed health measures started on March 19th, our troopers have cited 177 motorists for traveling at speeds of more than 100 miles per hour. Needless to say, these types of speeds are dangerous for the driver and for the other motorists on the roadway. Colonel Bolduck did not have an answer as to why there seems to be more excess of speeding, but noted that traffic volumes have been very low since officials have been encouraging Nebraskans to stay home to curtail the spread of the coronavirus. Colonel Bolduck says that as of Tuesday, no staff members had tested positive for COVID-19, but there has been a couple of troopers who self-isolated after dealing with uncooperative arrestees. Republican legislators in Kansas are joining a larger national effort to shield doctors, hospitals, and businesses from lawsuits stemming from the coronavirus. Business and medical groups are pushing them to act quickly, but the effort faces strong opposition from labor unions, trial lawyers, and some Democrats. They fear measures will keep patients, consumers, and employees from being able to turn to the courts to hold businesses and medical providers accountable for negligence or misconduct. Similar efforts are underway in Congress and other states, including Mississippi, North Carolina, and Utah. The Kansas House Judiciary Committee plans to have the first of three Zoom meetings on the issue this afternoon. Reporting on the Rural Radio Network, I'm Dave Schroeder. A great first quarter for our U.S. pork and beef exports. I'm Shaley Peters joining you now on the Rural Radio Network, and we're going to visit today with U.S. Meat Export Federation President and CEO Dan Halstrom. Dan, we're going to talk about those first quarter results and how encouraging they were for our pork and beef sectors. We'll talk about those results first and then get into some of the expectations for our second quarter, which I think is maybe going to look a little bit different. Yes, thank you, Shelly. Uh, and, and you're exactly right. Uh, the results that came out yesterday for March, which completed the first quarter, uh, show us on record pace uh, for exports on the pork side. We're up 40% from a year ago, uh, same quarter. Uh, and on the beef side, we're up about 9% from a year ago, which is on uh, 
uh, a record, slightly a slight record pace as well there. Um, I think it, it's kind of a, it's a testament to the fact that a lot of this growth, and I'll just kind of hit on some of the high points real quick, uh, the growth in, in pork is being driven really by, by three countries, the number one country being China. Uh, we're up considerably there versus a year ago. And in uh, Mexico and Japan would be the other two on the uh, pork side. There's, there's several smaller markets that are showing growth as well, but that, those would be the big three. And on the beef side, I think um, you were being led there by Japan and Mexico and Taiwan. A few smaller countries are, are the story there broad-based uh, growth. And, and the interesting thing is, when you talk about Japan and, and a lot of the Asian countries, keep in mind that most of those Asian countries had the COVID impact in the first quarter. You know, we're, we're seeing it now uh, in, you know, in April and, and, and going into May, but most of the first quarter, um, the Asian countries uh, saw a lot of this impact then. So I think it's a testament to the resilience of the demand there. And uh, uh, and, and like you said, we're off to a very good start for the year. So again, very encouraging results. But let's shift our focus as we are into the second quarter now. I think we can agree it's going to look very different. We're having a plant closures come into play. There are going to be some impacts of the COVID-19 really starting to show up on this second quarter report. Maybe talk more about that and what we might expect with a second quarter for our exports. Yeah, I think um, I think as we go into April specifically in the second quarter in general, but specifically April, <clears throat> I think we are going to see a shift. Uh, th- these growth rates are going to slow down, and and depending on which market, it could be significant. We'll just have to wait and see. But um, <clears throat> the uh, there's a couple of things that work here. Uh, number one is the supply chain uh, with with the you know reduced capacity of some of the uh, the pork and beef processing plants due to COVID related absenteeism. Um, I think that this is an obvious, it's going to impact uh, supply both domestically and internationally uh, to the extent that, uh, that individual plants are affected. That being said, um, and, you, and getting exact numbers, is, it's a moving target, so it's tough to do. But uh, I have to think that uh, with a lot of the work the administration has done with the enforcement of the Defense Production Act last week, uh, I have to think that there's quite a bit more stability around the whole situation now. Plants have spent a lot of money upgrading um, upgrading their facilities and, and, and you know, with, with uh, social distancing and separation to the extent possible. So I got to think that we're on an uptick now and, uh, and hopefully we'll see, we're hearing stories of more and more plants getting back into production and getting a, uh, to a higher degree of capacity. So I think this is... Uh, this is a good sign going forward. But as you know, as it relates to exports, especially with those countries that are buying frozen product, uh, there's a lag in the data. So this is what I mean when we get into April and May, I think we're gonna see more of the impact from that, from that point of view. The other thing I would add is there's some other factors that work as well. And uh, one is the exchange rate. Um, the exchange rate in the Asian markets for the most part are steady or pretty close to par with where they were pre-COVID. Not the case in the developing regions, places like Mexico and Central America, even some, some spots in Africa. Um, we've seen the dollar strengthen significantly, which, which basically means the purchasing power from some of these countries uh, will be diminished. And uh, this is a concern going forward as well, which could slow down <clears throat> the rebound, so to speak, 
uh, as we get a little further into uh, into the spring and early summer. We'll go ahead and wrap it up on a positive note, Dan, because you guys, of course, dealing uh, internationally as much as you do, you've been following this from the beginning, and we are starting to see some encouraging things come come about. Yeah, Shelly, that's a great point. Um, we've been watching COVID-19 uh, since January uh, impact our international markets, and it's kind of moved from, from Southeast Asia to North, North Asia over to the Americas now and, and even into Europe and Africa. But the first place uh, impacted was places like Taiwan, China, Hong Kong, uh, Korea. And, uh, you know, happy to, to report that um, they are all, all those countries I mentioned are off of lockdown now. They, they had, uh, it ranged by countries. Some were four weeks, some six, seven, eight weeks. But uh, they are all off of lockdown uh, restaurants are reopening. Uh, in fact, uh, there's Korea is a really good example. They've only been off the lockdown for roughly two weeks. We're entering the third week now. Uh, the uh, the rebounding consumption, and it's just really early reports because we're only two to three weeks into it. But uh, the reports we're getting back. Uh, we had a meeting last night, in fact, with our team over there. Uh, it's robust uh, demand, uh, even at food service. Of course, retail has been doing well all along with restaurants closed, but uh, the food service is seeing a rebound. So it's kind of exciting to see some activity coming back as people start to get out and get back. It's not normal, but I think uh, the way I like to phrase it is we're on the path back to normal in places like Korea and Taiwan and Hong Kong. Thank you so much for your insight. It's Dan Halstrom, President and CEO of the U.S. Meat Export Federation. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Yeah. With the Business Report, I'm Bob Brogan. Most stocks are falling and trading on Wall Street, but more gains for technology stocks are helping to keep the market's losses in check. The market has been wavering the last couple weeks after coming off its best month in a generation. As optimism about reopening the economy collides with worries about the dangers of lifting restrictions too soon. Wholesale prices slid a record 1.3% in April, led by a 19% plunge in the cost of energy, further signaling the potential threat of deflation in the United States. The Labor Department says its producer price index, which measures inflation before it reaches the consumer, fell by the largest level on records dating to 2009. That follows a report yesterday showing consumer prices declined eight-tenths percent in April. The decline of prices at both the retail and wholesale levels raises concerns that the seismic evaporation of demand brought on by a pandemic could ignite a destabilizing bout of deflation. That hasn't been seen in the United States since the economic collapse of the 1930s. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell says the threat of a prolonged recession remains and he's urging Congress and the White House to act further to prevent long-term economic damage from the viral outbreak. Both the Fed and Congress have taken dramatic steps to counter the economic downturn resulting from the widespread shutdown of the U.S. economy. But Powell says there still could be widespread bankruptcies among small business and extended unemployment for many. Advice from the nation's top disease control experts on how to safely reopen businesses and institutions in the coronavirus pandemic included detailed guidance and some more restrictive measures than the plan released by the White House last month. The guidance, which was shelved by Trump administration officials, also offered recommendations to help communities decide when to shut facilities down again during future flare-ups of COVID-19. 
For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Brogan. An effort has just been launched to support mental health in rural communities. I'm Alex Wojcicki on the Rural Radio Network, joined on the phone by Anna Kobza, originally of David City. And Anna, you're kind of the mastermind behind this project. Tell us more about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, just a couple of days ago, I launched on my social media page, Ag Acknowledge, um, a little bit of a campaign, if you will, to support rural um, mental health in communities where ag producers reside to support suicide awareness and mental health awareness where um, producers are struggling in current agricultural socioeconomic issues. And you are selling t-shirts for part of this project, is that correct? Correct. Obviously, this is an important topic, but why is it something you chose to pursue? Um, Ag suicide, I've I've been affected by it. I have friends and family who've been affected by it. Um, Just the way with the agricultural markets are today, I know how hard um, these times are, how much producers are struggling, what with dairy farmers dumping milk, hog producers putting down animals, and cattle feeders not having anywhere to process their cattle, and um, the fears of meat shortages uh, for consumers. So just, I think, now is no better time to launch this so that we can show support to our um, producers and let them know that we see them, we hear them, and we acknowledge them. What is the best way to find these t-shirts and put an order in? So I posted on my Instagram and my Facebook page a link to do that in my Instagram. On my Instagram page, there is a link in my bio. And then on my Facebook page, I did post the link um, in the post I posted on Monday. Um, It's a Shopify account. Um, So all they have to do is go to that link and they can order the t-shirts there. Very good. You mentioned this is part of your Ag Acknowledged uh, social media channels. What is that and, and how did that get started? Um, a little over a year and a half ago, I started the page just as a way to um, be a creative outlet for me so I could advocate for agriculture and teach consumers about agriculture, um, teach anybody who is following me more about production agriculture and what we do, and then as a way to connect with my consumers as well and give them an avenue to ask questions directly to a producer. Anna, you're from David City, which is a pretty rural area. Is your background in farming or livestock? Uh, I actually, I did grow up um, in a rural community. I grew up on a small farm, um, not a production operation. My parents, uh, my dad's a nurse, or my dad's in the military, my mom's a nurse. Um, we don't raise animals, but um, I have agricultural in my family. My father, uh, dad was a farmer, and my mother's father was um, a feedlot operator. So I know the industry well, and I grew up surrounded by neighbors who produced beef cattle as well and grew up interested in what they did. And I was also involved in forage and FFA, which kind of helped uh, steer me to a career in agriculture. Awesome. And fast forward, uh, congratulations is owed to you because you just graduated from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. What's next for you? Uh, Well, the plan this summer is to just uh, continue working um, however many hours I can. And then in the fall, I am moving down to Canyon, Texas and going to graduate school at West Texas A&M. All right, Anna, thanks so much for joining us, and we wish you the best of luck in your next journey. We have been joined by Anna Kobza. She's originally from David City, Nebraska, and she just graduated from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln 
Uh, she just launched an effort to support mental health in rural communities. She created and designed T-shirts, and she's donating 50% of those profits to AgriSafe, which is an organization that was started by nurses, and it aims to improve the health and safety of farmers and ranchers. If you're interested in ordering a T-shirt, you can go to her social media channels. It's called Ag Acknowledged, and she has the link on those channels. I'm Alex Wojcicki reporting on the Rural Radio Network. Radio Network. I'm talking with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst at Daniel's Ag Marketing in Chicago, publisher of the newsletter this week in grain. And John, looking here at the closing grain trade, a little bit of change of heart from yesterday, but really you brought up a good point. Probably going to have to sell these rallies because there's plenty of grain out there and it looks like weather's going to be cooperative going into the summer growing season now. Yeah, it's like that way. Now I can change right rather quickly. You know, we miss rain here there and then it gets hot. Um, but, you know, we can map over the next 240 hours is the same as you did the 24th of May. So basically, it's Memorial Day weekend. You're looking at at least two and a half inches hitting everywhere, pretty much between the river, Mississippi River, and Indianapolis. So, you know, this way we've been a little bit late getting in the field, but I don't think it, it really, the market certainly isn't concerned about it right now. Um, it, you know, it's, <laughs> I'm saying it's too before going on the radio. It's like, I, I want to come on here and be positive, be optimistic. It really is. From where we sit, prices are so, you know, the news flow is so bearish that you, you just want to say, hey, you know, we can get a hop sometime, but you know, every day comes by. And now it's the turn to be the sell side of it all. And, you know, we had a huge premium over July corner right now, um, close to a dollar twenty. So that uh, the market will be monitored closely with rain coming to Kansas and, you know, the assumption that there will be a crop. You know, as we look again from yesterday, we've got the big stockpiles, but then you've also got the U.S. dollar to contend with. And Jerome Powell, when he talked this morning, that actually shot it up. What do we need to happen to be deflationary to that dollar? Probably get something passed in the Congress here as far as the stimulus package. Kind of an odd thing to say, but, I mean, the only solution really is to get us out of this in the short run is to devalue the dollar. You know, no one really seems to be interested in buying any other currency right now, and and. Well, I saw the uh, the House Democrats yesterday post for a uh, for a third what is the third stimulus bill here, um, third or fourth? I've lost count. Um, it's really big for the dollar, so you know it's going to get away six thousand dollars per family. You know, if you got a family of four, they're they're looking at forgiving you know a lot of different tax cuts for the next two years. So things you know, the U.S. deficit blows out. Uh, all of a sudden, the U.S. balance sheet doesn't look as rosy anymore. Uh, that that could bring some sellers into it and maybe put a low end, but I don't know how quickly we could expect that. So. You know, with wheat, I think we, you know, kind of, I kind of miss the boat. I'm not saying we, uh, we're thinking we'd see 520 at some point this spring. Never did. Uh, got a couple chances at five, and now we're down here at 450. So that might be the best case here. You know, a hop to 470 by the end of the week is going to be what's needed to kind of keep technicals from being bearish next week. And again, John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, publisher of the newsletter this week in Grain. Learn more at danielzagmarketing.com. Do remember, though, trading futures and options involved risk of loss. It may not be suitable for all investors. And that wraps up today's midday program here on KRBN. If you miss any of the interviews or segments or want to rehear them, you can listen to our midday podcast at krvn.com or by subscribing to our midday podcast at Spotify or iTunes. Our midday podcast is brought to you by Deveni Motor. Howdy, folks. This is Rick from Deveni Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram and McCook. 
When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hardworking, experienced staff will treat you just like family. Go to Divini Chrysler Jeep Dodge.com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a Divini deal.